she had jotted down on a little notebook, notepad, the points of your sermon. This 10-year-old nailed it. Wow, that's awesome. And one of the things she had written down was giving gifts for obligation, question mark, uh, and then she had written a big capital letter, no. I wonder how many things we do in this season just out of a sense of obligation. Thank you all for being here today. And this is Sir. the start of our hopefully uh, monthly pastor's podcast is what we're calling it. We may have a more official name moving forward, but it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, start with it I mean, like it. yeah. I'm not a pastor. Great. I'm more of an audio guy, but you guys are pastors. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know us pretty well. That's right. So really the, the mission of this, this podcast is really to share information, to share spiritual encouragement with the people that go to our church and to hopefully... Just uh, further along the mission of John Wesley, which is, I wrote it down, is to connect people to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the goal of what we're doing and what we hope to accomplish here. So let's just start by jumping into where we are. We're in the middle of a very busy season, but it's Christmas. Let's start with talking just briefly about um, what we're in the middle of a series called A Simple Christmas. So let's talk about how do we the people that go here, how do we mm-hmm. keep our Christmas simple? <laughs> anybody can jump in, but maybe Marty, you can start us off. Well, um, the thing that we're trying to focus on right now is like motives. Like, like how do you, it, it starts with motives. How do you actually do what's vitally important, really important, mm-hmm. what really matters during Christmas? And the, the narrative has been, you know, hijacked. The culture has hijacked the narrative and the story. And so we're trying to recapture that. But at the same time, we live in this culture. We live in the world. And so mm-hmm. we're not really called to live outside of the world. We're just called to live different than it. And so we got to figure out exactly how to do that. But a lot of that starts with our motives. What are we buying presents? What are we, why are we giving presents? You know, mm-hmm. what, um, how much do we want to really spend on something? Do we have to be lavish with our spending or can we, uh, be lavish with our spending on what really matters for God mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of be more uh, f- uh, frivolous or not frivolous, but more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, but frugal with our, you know, our spending mm-hmm. around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about how we're called to worship God fully, how we're called to spend less. This week we're talking about give more. And so we have that reverse um uh, Priscilla helped with the reverse advent calendar box. Mm-hmm. And so we have those out there and it just gives us an ability to have some action with our words. And so the Dunbar has been trying to do that, even with our busy schedule with uh, teenagers. We, we, you know, when we're sitting at the table having dinner, we read the verse and then we put the thing in there. And then the other nights we're not really at home running around. We, mm-hmm we still place it in there and whoever wants to do that. So cool. again, what really matters is the, is the thing there. And I talked about it this last Sunday. Uh, it's, it's not doing less, it's doing more, but it's uh, maybe spending less, mm-hmm. but having leverage. So is it really just like a perspective change? A, um, Cause you talk about yeah. the highest level of satisfaction yeah, right, in God, right? right. right? So That's, if people buy a gift or whatever, you're just saying, Mm-hmm. Shift the way that we think yeah, about it. Yeah, the perspective side of it of a person. It's it's personal. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I was thinking of some mm-hmm. of the questions we were thinking about talking about today, and I was thinking, you know, it's got to start with the 
with the person, the individual. I mean, it just can't be somebody's going to tell you how to behave. You're really going to have to decide with your motives and your perspectives. Yeah. That's a good way. For me this year, dealing with the loss of my mom, it -hmm. is completely different for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly being told in the grief process that Mm -hmm. I don't have to do everything that I've always done for Christmas. And I think for busy families, that's like, it's not always just how much you're spending on gifts. It's, well, we have to go to this Christmas party and this mom made all of these gifts for my Christmas kids class. And it was, you know, so much better and the pressures that they have to deal with. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just saying, yeah, every year we always decorate a gingerbread house. This year, maybe we just sit around and watch a movie. Mm -hmm. So So that, that very thing you're being told in grief share Mm -hmm could be a message of freedom for everyone. Yeah. Just because you've done it that way for 12 years or 30 years, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm big on tradition anyways. Mm -hmm. That's a struggle for me no matter what. But dealing with it where it's really in my face and I can finally actually say, you know what, I don't have to do this this year. Mm -hmm. That that's for everybody. I wrote down like, on the next question of just that, how do we prevent ourselves from going through the motions mm-hmm. and stuff? Mm-hmm. And I wrote down like radical change, but that's where I was kind of, it, it's so weird to say radical change because it's like, okay, I'm going to change everything, yeah, you know? You and it's that? like, I mean, that's that personal side of things, but maybe do something just simple. Like if you don't do the gifts or you don't do the decorating a gingerbread house, but you watch, you substitute it with something beautiful as well, it radically would change things, maybe your perspective or something. Mm. So we just do, we get into the tradition of things and maybe, yeah. I don't know, that's a challenge because I'm not mm-hmm. a real traditional person. Of, I'm okay with like doing something new. Mm-hmm. A lot, but I got to see sacred. some notes today that a ten-year-old had taken during yesterday's service, mm. and she had jotted down on a little notebook, notepad, the points of your sermon. Oh, so wow. you think it's just grown-ups cool. listening to the ten-year-old. sermon, but this ten-year-old nailed it. Wow. That's awesome. And one of the things she had written down I'm was um, giving gifts for obligation, question mark. And then she had written a big capital letter. No. Mm. Wow. Wow. So that word obligation, Mm -hmm. I I wonder how many things we do in this season, just out of a sense of obligation. Yeah. And the answer is no. Even within our family, we have conversations about extended family, like, Oh, Oh, we need to get a gift for them. It's like, it goes back to that motive thing. Yeah, I think everybody needs to take notes that well when I preach. Right, <laughs> right. I'm going to be checking be up next check in a staff meeting notes. every Monday. Let's oh. bring that person in. If a the, 10-year-old can do it, I'm going to see if I can't just borrow <laughs> her right. notes every That'd week. Be great. She, she was Yikes. on point. That's funny. That's we have impressive. staff next week, too. We're all going to be. Do. Oh, that's true. We'll just bring, bring her in to teach us a, a small lesson. There you go, yeah. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to know, I get to hear this sermon all the at least Star twice, Wars fans oh, out there. maybe yeah. three times. Yeah. And so, so I, I, I can produce some okay. pretty good notes. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah you could. We'll just cheat off of Cheryl. That's right. <laughs> um, so with our schedules being so crazy and it kind of doing our best to not go through the motions, my calendar is just nuts this month. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, man, how do I soak up every moment? Cheryl, maybe you can speak to this. How, how do we slow down? And I was thinking Christmas came... It's already Christmas again. That's crazy. Um, So how do we slow down a little bit? 
you know, there are those things that we have to do. Mm -hmm. We have to go places. We have to, we still have to wash clothes and fix meals. I mean, Mm -hmm. who, Mm -hmm. who thought we should have to do that during Christmas, but there's all of that. And then there's this extra and as simple as this sounds, one of the ways we can combat that feeling of being overwhelmed is to literally stop. Even if it is for three minutes, Mm -hmm. stop, Um, be still, close your eyes, Um, say a prayer, let God speak to you. You don't have to be a meditator that sits there and chants Om for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. If that's your thing, go Mm -hmm. for it. But you can be a person who stops the action for three minutes and it Mm -hmm. will make an enormous difference in your day Mm -hmm. it changes your attitude it changes your approach it changes your breathing pattern it changes your blood pressure we actually have the power to do uh, more for ourselves than we think we're not we do not have to be victims to this season as much as we sometimes think we do Mm -hmm. yeah that's that intentionality intentionality and spending intentionality and how you use your time react to something spending time as As well well. as spending Mm -hmm. money Mm -hmm. yeah i remember uh last wednesday i caught you coming out of the chapel and i said you said it's grateful to have like this moment during the day maybe we can just Pause mm-hmm. and do a quick shout out for what, what happens on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, every okay. Wednesday mm-hmm. at 12.05 in the chapel, there is a quiet service. Uh, goes by the name of Lectio Divina because that's what it's been called through the centuries for like hundreds of years. And it's a practice uh, of spiritual reading. That's literally what Lectio Divina means is spiritual reading. And we take a passage of scripture I always choose it from the lectionary that day. And we uh, read it and we are quiet. And we are quiet with the intention of letting God guide us about that. Mm-hmm. So much of our time we think of God, of prayer as talking to God, rattling on, going through our list. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure God loves to hear from us and hear our list. Yeah, of course. But there are times uh, when we would be well served to be still and listen. So in Lectio Divina, every week we do that, that listening time around a passage of scripture. And it is amazing how peaceful that is. I look forward to it. My, my week is different if I don't have that in the middle of my Wednesday. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, people come and we read scripture and then we're silent. Then we read the same scripture again, and we're silent. Mm -hmm. And we read it again, third time, and we're silent. Mm -hmm. Um, So it might look like nothing is going on, but actually God is speaking with each one of us individually around that scripture. And then at the end of that time, we share communion together. It's an extremely precious, to me, uh, practice that sets my intention, Mm -hmm. slows me down, reminds me that God is present uh, if we'll just hush up a little bit and yeah. listen. Yeah, and when, and when you feel busy, you feel like it's hard to hush up a little bit. It, you know? it does mm-hmm. sometimes feel that way. Mm-hmm. I know that I have to because that's part of my job responsibility, and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Some of the people that come, Priscilla, you, you come yeah. and you just, maybe you could speak to that. Yeah. You just have to stop what you're doing and come. There's definitely days where I feel like I've, didn't get anything out of it except for like 
quiet time. There are moments where I'm literally going, shut it off in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be focusing on the Bible verse. Um, But that continued practice, even though it's once a week, um, it does really give you time to just open up and allow God to speak to you. Maybe at some point we can get Marty to go... But every once in a while, <laughs> Marty, pop in. Marty goes and Marty leads it sometimes. Yeah, oh, that's so, good. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, spiritual exercises, of course, because then you don't, you like Cheryl said, you don't actually have to talk. It's all about listening. Mm-hmm. But I think the other powerful part of that is it's it's Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the mm-hmm. words of God. You would say, and so those are speaking to you in, in the midst of your life, and it's the living Bible. Or living word because you could read the same thing three times, hear something different, but you could also read the same thing one week and then read the, the next, which we don't do, but you could and you could hear some different things. Yeah. So God speaking in different ways. It's really interesting in the like very quiet moments to just think that you've got multiple people that are probably dealing with all different oh, things. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But how mm-hmm. one Bible verse is helping them process yeah, it in all right. the different ways. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, it feels very much like a community to an extent, but uh-huh. very personal mm-hmm. at the same time. Oh, yeah. And they're not being helped by those words because there's a preacher explaining it to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, right. it's, they're Full being on. helped by those words. Yep. I'm being helped by those words. Mm-hmm. We're all being helped by those words yeah. because the God of heaven mm-hmm. is communicating with us. Yeah. That is powerful That's stuff. That's super powerful yeah. compared to. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. you know who doesn't understand simplicity? Our kids. Uh, my kids <laughs> do not understand. I mean, I'll, yep. we'll try to explain sure. it over and over again, the simplicity of Christmas and what it's about. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. I can already tell it's super hard for a nine-year-old it and a six-year-old is. to get yes. this. It so is. I was thinking from, you know, how would you encourage, you know, the parents here, like when it comes to our kids yeah. during the season? What's on your heart? I think a lot of it is the, I think actually if you sat down and you talked to a kid, that they probably would understand it in Mm. some ways way better than adults do. But at the same time, kids are bought into consumerism. Mm -hmm. Like they're constantly, you know, when Toys R Us still existed and I know they're on their Mm -hmm. way back, you know, at Christmas it was their magazine that came out with the toys and kids look and they Mm -hmm. circle what they want. And that's Mm -hmm. the focus is what Mm -hmm. can I get for Christmas? What Give me a list. Give me a list. What do you You want? Mm -hmm. Santa's list, mom and dad's list. Um, Well and commercials, mm -hmm. not just catalogs. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. we don't even get very many catalogs anymore, but right, commercials. Commercials. Ads. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. When I had one family or one family tell me that their son does um, like a registry so that grandparents and that's like sweet technology wow. is awesome kind of smart. because a powerpoint like somebody told me that their, their grandkid did a powerpoint i mean slides. it's smart because like <laughs> what you can he wants make for a Christmas. project right you can tell people what that's they want complex. for some people it's it's nice to get a list but at the same hmm. time what is the message of it that's interesting because the even we train our kids we train ourselves for our own convenience we ask the first thing yes. we want from them as a list and that ultimately feeds into the story that it's about getting 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 yes. Yes. you know that was what we talked yesterday in service about a little bit too is like if, if it's all has to happen within a 20 day period of shopping or whatever it's like we need a list to make this convenient for us but if you've 
maybe do it throughout the year or come up with a better solution to the whole shopping thing, you also maybe tell a different story. And so it's like, hey, I've been listening to you all year long, honey. And I know these are the gifts or these are the things you really need. Or like people say, this is where I want you to read. This is what I want you to have. This is, you know, and so these are personal things instead of the start of the narrative is always the Santa's list. Or right. Our yeah. list. And it's so convenient. That's great for parents, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, we fret over it when we don't have a list. We don't know what, we don't know what you're going to get for Christmas yeah. because you hadn't given us anything, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we feed right into that. Well, and that is a great point. I mean, have conversations with your kids outside of the month of December as to what they want, what they're mm-hmm. interested in, what right. sports they like, what activities mm-hmm. they like, build that relationship with them. And then mm-hmm. hopefully by Christmas, it's not asking for a list. It's having an idea of what you want to get for your kid. That might be a little radical, but yeah. that might be a good way to when change Nathan, the narrative. When Nathan gave me his magazine with Stuff yeah. Circle, I, yeah. I just crumbled it up and threw it in the trash. trash. <laughs> No, I'm just crushing yeah. right there. He crushed just bald. Right no, that's a, that's a total joke. My wife was in gonna be front, like, "Yeah, that's a total in joke." Front of him, I'm just trying to train him up. Aren't yeah. you? Right? Yeah. Just train him Don't up. Don't give me a man. list. Don't yeah. give me a list. No grace. No Don't love. Don't give me any help here. Yeah. Total, total. I have a, the rules. a granddaughter who is um, just about to turn 18, and you know, through the years, I've done, I've bought the gifts and I've had the lists and whatever, but. As she has matured, what has come about as our Christmas tradition is that she doesn't even really get a gift from me on Christmas hmm. to open because she knows that after Christmas, we're going to go out and spend the day together. And sure enough, I will take her to uh, Forever 21 or oh, whatever store she wants to go to. Yeah. But we will spend that day together. And it's made even more poignant by the fact that I hate to shop. I hate to shop worse than anybody you have ever known. (laughs) And Taylor knows this, but she knows that because it's our tradition, I we go to the store together and we shop and we have lunch together and we laugh. And uh, I. I feel good about that yeah. giving yeah. Yeah, yeah, because sure. it actually requires some giving right. of me yeah. of more than sure. money. Like mm-hmm. I have to go in a store. Right. Um, but she's old enough to appreciate that the time spent with me is, mm-hmm. is really the present. Well, and that's going to be so much more memorable than For her. opening up a yeah. t-shirt. Right. Sun, but you know. she would never even remember five yeah. years from now who yeah. gave right. it to her. Yeah. But she's going to remember the shopping adventure. Yeah. She will. That's awesome. Well, I hope that we keep it simple. That'd be great. That would be That's great. the goal, right? <laughs> We're working at it. We're trying. <laughs> Maybe if somebody has a comment, they can comment underneath yes. something on, yeah. on yeah. Uh, social media. Definitely. Yeah. Give us some ideas. Okay, so I, this next segment, I just was reading um, in 2 Corinthians ten seventeen. It says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So I thought, hey, let's maybe there's a few like public shout outs for people that oh, yeah. we'd like to just boast a little bit about and and really not we're not boasting about these people but we're just mm-hmm. boasting about what God is doing through specific um people so is there anyone Great. that comes to y'all's mind if if I throw it out there like that mm-hmm. I mean besides Marty like <laughs> yeah. Marty's so awesome I'd like, as Todd would say besides oh him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd like to boast about our musicians okay um mm-hmm. who out of pure joy mm-hmm practice and sing and love to present a program like they did uh, at our church last yeah. night. They're, they're awesome, not because they produce a product. I'm, I'm thankful for that too. It was a great sure. concert. 
but they're awesome because they do it out of joy. Mm-hmm. They love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's awesome. We shout literally, out to them. We literally uh, are recording this after Judith just got done practicing. So <laughs> yeah, shout out to Judith. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What about y'all? Any, anybody come to mind? I have um, Scott Chenoweth is our church council chair. He's also the chair of our, uh, you would say, stewardship campaign or partnership campaign. And those those things require a lot of an individual. And it's not so much the position in the sense that it requires a lot of uh, to-do stuff. It requires a lot of love for the church, mm-hmm. a lot of care. Like, how are we doing financially? How are we bringing in pledges so we can actually have a, you know, keep our staff or keep our ministries or whatever? And he he almost, he takes that on pretty seriously, like a like his own personal burden, along with like our staff does, our pastors do that as well. And so, mm-hmm. uh, just a shout out to him because he cares about the ministries of our church. He cares about where the church is going to be, not today, but also in the future. And that's wonderful. And so again, he also cares about the financial health of our church. And so just a shout out to him, not only the time, but also just that, that heart's desire that uh, he cares about the church. And a lot of people care about the church. They often care about the church of what the church can just give to them. You know, are we doing what's right? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? And uh, we have a lot of great leaders, lay leaders that just care about, you know, where are we as a church? Like, are we even going to have the ability to mm-hmm. give and be dynamic in the future? Right? Yeah. And so that that's that's a lot of what the staff worries about. That's what the pastors in a healthy way we worry about, you know, the spiritual direction. And so he does care about that. And I appreciate that. That's so awesome. it doesn't mean that past people have not. They've they've done a great job as well. It's just uh, he's been with us for the last couple of years. And I just thought a good shout out to him. That's cool. So yeah, Priscilla, mm-hmm. anybody on your team or? Yeah, I mean, I have a great team. I would say our nursery workers who take care of our little ones, yeah. um, mm-hmm. day in and day out on Sundays, mm-hmm. um, and then my small group leaders for sure, Linda Thrash, who's been you know, teaching our two-year-olds for like 20 plus years, Susan and Aaron do preschool. I'm going to name all of them. Um, Gina and Meredith with our kinder and first graders, Karen and Ashley with second and third, and then Kevin Woodward and Mary Iofi in fourth and fifth. I mean, those... I think you're only supposed to shout out one person. I know. I'm shouting out my whole team. She, yeah, she shouted out one oh, Awesome. Yes. One team. Um, I mean, they're fantastic. They're in, yeah. they're in there every single Sunday building relationships with the kids. I mean, that's their mm-hmm. main goal. And so they're always checking in on how the kids are doing and uh, also teaching them how to love the Lord throughout the week. So, yeah. and they're rock Great. stars. Great. That's awesome. I would personally, I'm a, mm-hmm. um, I'm, people don't, I, maybe they don't know, but I'm uh, the director of productions for stuff. And so I want to shout out uh, Richard Rollins. Mm-hmm. He's been yeah. so helpful mm-hmm. on everything. I mean, you should see some of the pictures of him dangling from the uh, <laughs> the whack third floor yeah. uh, track area, which is not safe at all. Yeah. But and we won't do that anymore. But yeah. um, oh, no. he's really been doing a lot around here, and uh, I just think he's been super helpful. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I'd shout out to our staff, and I'm not going to name them all like Priscilla did with her team, but. Um, I would say, you know, our staff loves the Lord, loves to serve the Lord, and mm-hmm. so they do it um, outstanding. And and I'm glad we have the resources to do what we needed to do. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we do, and we just continue to move forward. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, let's move into talking about the news, talking about what's coming up, what's okay. happening, what's been happening kind uh-huh. of up to this point. First thing I wrote down was that we have a new staff member, Lisa mm-hmm. McCarthy, has come on the staff. Um, maybe mm-hmm. we can share just a little bit about what she does and um, sure. and how people sure. she can be helpful for people. Yeah, Lisa McCarthy is now our um, grow coordinator. Yeah, we had um, somebody leave who was our director of discipleship. We didn't feel like we f- fully needed to replace that exact job. And so we transitioned the job into a coordinator job. And coordinators, we have multiple coordinators on our staff already. And their whole um, purpose is to serve the congregation and serve particular ministries. And that's what she's, she's going to serve the adult ministries. Mm-hmm. And so men, women, and just the overall adult ministry stuff when it comes to uh, how the church rolls out. Maybe like we're reworking what we call the JW develop pathway into more of a a growth track thing. And so she'll help implement that as well. She's so, she's well-organized. She does a great job and support and that's her, that's what she's supposed to be Mm -hmm. helping coordinate adult studies and also supporting our ministries. Whatever they need to pull off a possible event, she mm-hmm. can be there to be the go-between, between maybe facilities, communications, other staff members as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Great. That's her deal. Servant let's, servant heart. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, let's get forward just a couple and talk briefly about the concert last night. Mm-hmm. And maybe this should have been a shout-out too, but um, obviously the musicians did great, but... I mean, Steve Bayless and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Cynthia Frith, like mm-hmm. amazing job that they've been doing leading us. Uh, would you guys, just a few seconds on the concert, what would y'all think? I thought the concert was delightful, mm-hmm. awesome, well-prepared, mm-hmm. uh, was an honoring of Jesus and of the Christmas story. Yeah. Um, Cindy and Stephen have graciously stepped forward from the ranks of our choir mm-hmm. um, to serve in an interim capacity as our director of music, Phil Hooper, uh, became ill and is uh, in the midst of recovery right now. And they have been such an example. Not one time have I heard them complain Mm-mm. about anything. Yeah. They, um, for the love of their church and the love of their choir, have just stepped up like they didn't have a full schedule before they started this they've just stepped up Mm -hmm. and made it happen and Mm -hmm. um it's some of that same Mm -hmm. attitude that you were talking about with scott chenoweth Uh, for the love of their church and Mm -hmm. for the love of god Mm -hmm. people do extraordinary things Mm -hmm. last night was one of those examples yeah that's good very proud um always sit out there and just enjoy and when i can sit and enjoy and uh sort of help me enter into the christmas you know story and season that's a that's a win altogether Mm -hmm. so that definitely happened for me cool and all the stuff that cheryl said as well shout out to those two people leading yeah leading the whole they've done a lot of work Mm -hmm. definitely been great looking forward now to the new year january 5th we're moving uh-huh. and transitioning our contemporary service into the middle mm-hmm. service in the sanctuary here. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe we can just give give a couple points about what that looks like and how we can, can continue to communicate that to our people. Sure. Yeah, to, to move a whole worship service out of one environment into another is a challenge. Mm-hmm. We know that. 
Um, we know there's going to be some issues, uh, but we're up for the challenge. And also, it positions us for growth. I was talking with somebody about this uh, this weekend, and they said, well, are we trying to adapt to growth? Because we don't see all that growth happening. I said, it's not so much an adaptation to growth. It's positioning ourselves for the possibility of growth. And we don't know what growth might come from the uh, positioning of ourselves to have two sort of prime time services for young families. And mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens there as we continue to reach out to target audience. But it, um, it, it, we know it's a better use of our environment in here in the sanctuary, as well as our resources, our production teams, music teams, things like that. It's just going to be, it's going to be difficult, some switch over in between services, but it will also give us the ability to, I think, have a little bit... Well, from a pastoral standpoint, I'll feel it's going to be a little smoother of a morning for me, yeah. you know, instead yeah. of running out of one right. thing and being rushed and all that stuff. So I'm hoping that'll be the case for everybody. So again, I'm optimistic about it, but we do know there are some issues and some yeah. challenges, but I think that it, it positions us with that. That's a great schedule. 830, 10 and 1115 is a great schedule. Now, you know, Priscilla and Chris as youth and um, children's directors, they have some challenges with an additional Sunday school hour. Yeah. So maybe they can talk about that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't well, think do it's going to be it? too much of a challenge for us. Oh, you're ready. Um, She's ready for the challenge. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I was the one that said, let's do it January 5th. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know so. we could have easily pushed this back. <laughs> I know we could have. <laughs> we've been pushing it back a it's little bit. Better to learn as you so. go, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. right. We'll go with that for sure. Um, I mean, the good thing is, is our curriculum is really great, and it gives mm -hmm. us a lot of different ways sure. to approach it with the kids. And mm -hmm. um, it will look a little bit different, but it's you know, the same thing, it allows for growth. And so that 11:15 Sunday school class will start out small, but, you know, as we continue to grow the middle service, we'll hopefully get more families in at 11:15. Mm -hmm. And um, my only thing as children's director is that I hope that children worship with their families yeah. and okay, then attend Sunday good. school mm -hmm. as well. Um, we definitely want to always encourage that kids get they're writing notes, sermon notes, apparently. Yes. So they're getting stuff. They're getting it, they're getting it out of uh, That's right. listening, even if mm -hmm. they're playing with pipe cleaners. Yeah. You never know what they're taking in. Yeah. So yep. um, definitely want to encourage that. But mm -hmm. um, having Darshell on our team now mm -hmm. with uh, leading the Orange Group, I think we're going to still have a lot of that same excitement and fun on Sunday mornings. It will just look a little bit different at 1115. It's always a challenge to have a worship service and Sunday school time going at the same time yeah. for any church because of the issue of the um, some people, uh, it, whether they've been in faith for a long time or maybe they're new to faith, they, they take advantage of not having their children with them because they as uh, we've talked about, they see them as a distraction or they become a distraction. And that's not really the case. Um, you know, if it's a, it's not a distraction for us. People apologize all the time. Right. It's really a distraction for the people that are maybe sitting around that are so worried about silence or reverence. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're delivering, I mean, Jesus, when he was delivering, probably it's the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure there was some babies owls, or, babies, yeah. donkeys, whatever. It's right. like we have isolated ourselves so much as churches and think and, and and a lot of times our number one thing is reverence. And a lot of people say that we've actually gotten rid of intimacy for reverence. 
And because intimacy has a lot to do with relationships, right? And, and being around people in the midst of their struggles or their child crying or whatever. So we want, that is a challenge. We want families to worship together. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to design two services around that, but it is an availability, but it's, it's, the goal is to ultimately have everybody worshiping together as a family and then go to Sunday school or go to Sunday school and then worship together as a family. I like the word intimacy, but another word that occurs to me mm-hmm. is uh, inclusion versus exclusion. Mm-hmm. No. That sometimes the cost of that uh, reverence, right. and I'm I'm not against reverence, no, but sometimes the reverence. cost of that reverence is that you exclude mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. don't fit mm-hmm. whatever expectation you, think you have. Is reverent. Right. So inclusion <laughs> yeah. in the body of Christ is always more important than just almost anything else you can bring up. Yeah, that's great. And one of the things that you hear people talk about often is that um, a practice that we have in the United Methodist Church is uh, an open table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody is invited to come to our table. Well, guess what? Everybody is invited to come to worship. Yeah. Hopefully they will come to worship. Mm -hmm. And if they're an eight-month-old that babbles because they're just discovering their voice, great mm-hmm. let them come yeah and if that's it, a that's narrative of some churches making it more convenient for people which it is good for new believers sometimes to have things convenient but it's also then a narr- becomes a narrative of a church that oh you don't worship with your kids until later because they don't get anything out of it well they get they get they a lot get out of right. sitting with their parents learning how to worship mm-hmm. or how to enjoy a worship service as well um Anyway, yeah. and playing with pipe cleaners or learning to yeah. sing. Uh, you know, I know a lot of hymns mm-hmm. because, boy, I've been singing them for a few years Long now. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, before point. I was able to mm-hmm. read, mm-hmm. I was singing yeah. hymns, yeah. and so I don't, I mm-hmm. don't go with that. That children don't understand what's happening. They, they do get the bigger message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think sometimes for parents, it's about them being able to get it, and sometimes mm-hmm. kids can be you know, moving and wiggling oh, yeah. and trying to talk. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing better in my opinion than a four-year-old that's trying to figure out how to whisper. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. It's frustrating for parents and I understand that frustration. Use your inside um, voice, honey. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a niece that, you know, her mom, when she was, when Haley was younger, didn't attend. And so I brought Haley to church and I showed her how to read the hymnal and stand mm-hmm. up and sit down. And, you know, she can do all that stuff now because she practiced. There were times where we just sat and colored and I couldn't tell you what the sermon was ever even about, Mm -hmm. but it's the importance of that child knowing Mm -hmm. that they're welcome in, in this space. And as a parent, I'm, I'm past that stage now, but believe me, I went through it with all three of them. As a parent, there were times I had to get up and leave the service. Oh, well, right. Yeah. Yeah. The baby gets hungry or yeah. They're not in the mood to be quiet that day yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. but we came, sometimes we left, and then we came back. And yep. I think that's really good coming from the pastoral staff because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the production, sometimes we can feel like, oh, we just want things to go smoothly, and this is right. an interruption, this is a sure. distraction. Sure, sure. 
but just to hear that from you guys is encouraging mm-hmm. to me and yeah. I'm sure my team so and other yeah. people serving. Oh, gosh, well, we yeah. love it when things go smoothly and when did <laughs> yeah. that ever happen? Right. Yeah. Never. But. Well, and we have a bridal room that you can still hear the sermon so if you need right. to step right. out for oh, whatever reason. In the narthex. I mean, you sure. can yeah. walk out there. That that's some still... of the, maybe the good part of moving moving our contemporary mm-hmm. services in here mm-hmm. as well. They have yeah. a little bit of a better area to and it's actually easier to sit a baby beside Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. or a toddler beside you on the pews than it is on the chairs over there so Mm -hmm. yeah bring them on in yeah looking forward cheryl to the 18th tell us a little bit about this service of light very important service yes it is uh service of light uh is a beautiful worship service with music um, communion, many of the elements of worship that we're used to. But what is special about that service is that it's a service of remembrance um, held particularly at the holiday time where mm-hmm. it's difficult mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. who have lost someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that you lost someone special to you four months ago, or it could be that you lost someone special to you 10 years ago. But their memory and their lack of presence during the holidays is still painful. Mm -hmm. There's no time limit on grieving, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. People want you to be over it in six months, and that, of course, is not real. Mm -hmm. So we have the service of light um, with beautiful music, um, beautiful surroundings. Mm -hmm. And during that service, people are invited to have written down the names of the loved ones that they're their hearts are missing mm-hmm. during um, Advent and Christmas preparation. And those are very respectfully read during the service. And our Stephen ministry leaders light candles as those names are being read. So that by the end of that, everyone has been remembered. Everyone has been honored as mm-hmm. being special. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, a bank of candles burning with a visual message of those lives are never gone. Yeah. They may not be here with us, but in God, those lives are still present. They are still with God. It's a beautiful service. It's a, a meaningful service. I've had people come up to me after that service yeah. and say, this meant more to me than anything else that I've been to. And it's not that mm. it's, I mean, we do normal things. We serve mm-hmm. communion. We sing songs, but what's so special to people is that their hurting is acknowledged. Their person who maybe other people have forgotten Mm -hmm. is remembered Mm -hmm. and it helps ease people through the holidays. Yeah. That's good. It's very peaceful. Very peaceful. Yeah. Very reassuring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our Christian beliefs is that no one is ever lost in the Lord that they may, I mean, even the Apostle Paul talked about whether I'm here in the body or whether I'm with the Lord. This service is an acknowledgement that our existence does not end when it ends on earth. Yeah. And, uh, it's very comforting. Uh, we, we can be in this room or we can be with the Lord, but we're all part of one body. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we would invite everybody to come. Everybody. I always encourage people to invite their neighbors, their aunts, their whoever. This is not just for our congregation. This is for the community. That's cool. And uh, it's very meaningful. That's awesome. Similar, Mm -hmm. similar, um, I think, in the sense that 
member, I mean, we want everybody to come on Sundays too, but we talked earlier about Lectio Divine, which is, it's one of those services that you don't have to really bring a whole lot other than yourself. And this is kind of one of those services to me as well. And so it's totally open to everybody, of course, like all our services, but this is one of those opportunities for people to engage with God, engage with the church, and they don't have to, to know all the rituals or they don't have to dress, you know, whatever yeah. the hangups are sometimes yeah. with church. And so it meets a, a core need. That can come and just totally so, receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, mm-hmm. God speaking in their life, others as well. So. After that, the next big thing would be Christmas Eve and encouraging people to um, come. We have a five, seven, nine, and 11. Yes. Um, let's talk yep. just briefly about the goal of, of what we're hoping to okay. communicate um, during that time. Well, um, our five, seven, nine are identical. Uh, we're going to have the choir at all of them. Uh, choir members for sure at all of them. They'll have all the traditional, you know, hymns. Uh, we'll have a medley of hymns. We'll have, we'll sing hymns. We'll hear the the specials song. Choir has a special as well as we'll hear O Holy Night. And so at the end after communion, and then we'll all sing a Silent Night with the lighting of the candles. So uh, after communion, so it'll be, it's going to be great time. Those three uh, will have uh, many church members as well as guests might remember uh, Nathan and Elise Reese, who Nathan was on our staff and has transitioned he and his family, but uh, they will be back and have a special for us after the message. And so they always have a, a beautiful, Elise has a beautiful voice and uh, Nathan as well. And so that'll be a special time. The 11 o'clock, Cheryl and I kind of team up some years ago, four years ago, whatever, and created that 11 o'clock service. It's a little bit more of uh, come and just sort of relax and receive. It's a little slower of a service. You might have some other comments. To me, it's a, just a, it's a, you're sitting in the presence of a sanctuary lit, lowly lit, and you're mm-hmm. singing Christmas songs and it's a just about to be Christmas. So it's a beautiful thing. So yeah. That's awesome. You want to say any more about that? I know a lot of people, and I'm one of them, um, for whom Christmas isn't Christmas unless you've been to the midnight service right, or the 11 yeah, o'clock right, service. Right, yeah. um, mm-hmm. There is something so mm-hmm. um, peaceful. I don't, I'm sure I'm not being very articulate about no. this, but yeah. there is something so peaceful about bringing in Christmas in church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is the answer, in my opinion, to mm-hmm. everything that we're talking about in this uh, simple Christmas mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. approach. How simple does it get? But right. you are sitting mm-hmm. in the sanctuary with candles blazing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at midnight when it's Christmas. And it's like every year, I mean, it's a blessing to me yeah, to be a part a, of that service. Every year it's yeah. like, oh, it, it's Christmas now. So for 20-something years as a pastor, I mean, since I was really in college, I mean, I would go, they had a, our church, our little church in South Lake White Chapel never had a Christmas Eve service at all growing up. Mm -hmm. And because we were so small, there was 80 to 100 people on a Sunday morning, uh, one service. And so they didn't take the time to do that. And we grew a little bit, but then they still didn't do it. And uh, about midway through college for me, they started that service. And so I would actually go with my family and we would, I would help read like a scripture because the pastor knew I was kind of going in the ministry. And so that was a, that kind of started the whole 11 o'clock service for me. And then going in the ministry, of course, 
we always had 11 o'clock services. And when Jamie and I were married in 1997, we had to wait around. We were using the, we were using, we got married two days after Christmas. And so we couldn't afford a bunch of stuff. And so we wanted to be married at Christmas time when the sanctuary was all decorated and the church was all decorated. And so that was, that was great. And uh, we also had to wait maybe for we the can put gym. A, maybe we can put a picture up while you're talking. About no, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll send something. Yeah. Okay. And um, it, we also had to wait around for the gymnasium because that's where our reception was going to be because we couldn't afford to go anywhere and so the reception but the the issue was is we used to have communion after all the services for this growing church and so we had 800 chairs in our gym that would serve all these people and so literally we had to wait till after the 11 o'clock service got out and communion got out so it was 12 30 and we didn't have a staff it was a bigger church than this one, but it, we didn't have a staff to move chairs. So we were all moving our chairs and setting up. So it took us like three hours. And so I always remember the 11 o'clock service fondly actually. Hmm. And so I love being at church at 11 o'clock. You know, I missed it a Thank few you. years. Uh, uh, yeah, almost moving into midnight, you know, but I always yeah. love that. I missed it a few years with, with younger kids. I'd go home and I wouldn't have to be there, but. There's Love a feeling that comes over me um, after the service is done mm -hmm. and you've shut out the lights and mm -hmm. you're in the car going mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I can't even describe mm -hmm. those few minutes mm -hmm. uh, of That's a, yeah. between church and home yeah. where it mm -hmm. feels like Christmas to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That yeah. that's my yeah that's a great point. my moment um, if of only worship. it would be snowing at that moment as well I actually yes. had one right. Christmas yeah. when it awesome. did how many years ago was it yeah. when it snowed on Christmas Eve I was at a different church yeah. I think I was there. a senior so 2006 yeah. wow. it was amazing yeah. Um, yeah I was a junior hey, or a senior that it. year who knows yeah. we might get it two or more gathered right it's here right right let's go for it yeah I forget about that that was on Christmas Eve it was on Christmas Eve and driving home that night was like Oh, it just doesn't get any better than this. No, it doesn't. That's awesome. Well, I think this has been a Excellent. great time. I feel like um, unless there's any closing comments or anything anybody else wants to add, I feel like this might be a good time to say goodbye to people. All right. Thanks I'm for good with that. Here. Cool. Thanks for uh, hosting us. Oh, definitely. Look forward to next month. Yeah, definitely. Who so. knows what we'll have? Penguins, <laughs> monkeys. It's going to be great. We're definitely going to have the 10-year-old who is taking your notes <laughs> at the ceremony. <laughs> Yeah. She'll be our guest host. I love it. Thank yeah. you, Priscilla, for coming in and being our guest Thank today. You. So, mm -hmm. all right. All right. Blessings. Thanks. All right. Peace Take out. Take care. Peace, Peace out. out.